welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theater the Now. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. Tis the season to get glammy. I'm nominated for two 2021 Glam Awards for Best Podcast and Best Writer Blogger, and I need your help to win. This year, both categories are in the People's Choice voting, so the public will determine who wins. All you need to do is go to GlamAwards.net, click the tab for People's Choice, and vote. You might only be able to use your email once, so you better tell all your friends, family, enemies, hell, even tell your high school bully, last weekend's white night stand, and your father's brother's nephew's cousin's former roommate. Vote now before the voting window closes, and I repeat, tell everyone! And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit TheaterTheNow.com for this news, reviews, and interviews. The queens were asked to turn back time to virtually sing any song in their wheelhouse, but not all the queens quite understood the complete assignment. It's round two of Queen of the Universe, and the competition is just heating up. And joining me to chat about all the queens who love to turn back time with their vintage looks is Plasma LaRose. Hello. Hello, hello. I was watching this episode, and someone, when we get to them, I was like, oh, that is totally a Plasma look. I was like, I could see you wearing that. I hope I we're think, on the same page about this because they're they're about <laughs> the exact same thing about someone. Okay, we'll get there. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, for our listeners, don't forget at home, we are doing the Queen of the Universe bumper drinking game. That means drink anytime there is a Queen of the Universe bumper on the actual show. If you did it last time and survived, I promise you this week will be much easier from here on out. Um, yeah. I just can't get that bumper out of my head. Every time they go like Queen of the Universe, I'm like, I, it's stuck in there. Just oh, like the fully. voice. It's the same thing. I know. I, I was really like, I have a full musical theater degree, which came with music theory training. So I'm over there like counting like one, two, three, four, five, six. I was like fully like notating mm-hmm. along like a yep. full nerd. Anyway. <laughs> I loved it. Well, I'm excited to have you here. As you just said, you are musical theater trained. So you know how to hear the vocals. Right. Right. Well, you know, I would like to say that I have some sort of jurisdiction on at least classical musical theater vocal mm-hmm. training. I also was trained classically, but you know, um, our very own Miss New York Queen went home the very first episode. So the musical theater training seems to have already gone out the door. So it's really, it's really anyone's exactly. game at well, this I, point. I, as, I, as I said last week on the podcast, it, good performance, wrong week to do it. Like do that week two, three, not the first time out. You got to show us that you're a pop star because they're looking for a pop star, clearly. Yeah, girl, you don't lead with I dreamed a dream. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Just, yeah, no. So how did you feel about the first uh, round of Queens with the four, first 14? What did you think of the first two episodes? So full disclosure, I have never watched The Voice. I never got into American Idol. I've never like watched a singing reality TV show. And when you asked me to do this, I was like, oh shit, I guess I should, you know, watch watch a show like this. And I didn't. I just watched Queen of the Universe. But... <laughs> I thought that it's it's very interesting. It moves very fast. And also I'm noticing that, you know, again, coming from a world of musical theater, most um, male identifying performers or um, assigned male at birth performers who have a lower range than assigned female at birth performers sort of live in this like baritone, bassy world. And I'm noticing all these queens are like trying to give us the jantasy. And yes, I'm- they are. I'm, I'm already a little bit sick of it. I'm already a little bit of, 
I, I, I'm a little bit over the like, yeah, like all of the, the trying so hard that it hurts. And mm-hmm. I just like, when, when Jinzilla came out first episode and gave us that bass baritone and then popped into that lovely floaty mix, I was all here for it. I'm absolutely a fan of embracing, like Trixie said on the, on the judges panel, like I'm, I'm so, so here for embracing the lower bass baritone yeah. natural tones. I just think that it is a missed opportunity for some of these girls immediately right off the bat. I think a lot absolutely. of them, have, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah just, I think a lot of them are super supremely talented. Um, it's really interesting because I, I remember having a conversation with a friend of a former friend, huh? Um, a couple of years <laughs> ago at a competition um, that they were like, I just don't like drag queens who sing and don't sound like women. I was like, oh, okay, interesting. And I was like, but 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 why? He's, he, he was like, I just don't know. I, it's the illusion. I was like, but they're female illusionists. So isn't that part of the fantasy? So I'm like, you know what's under there, right? Exactly. So for me, it's never been an issue. Sure, I appreciate when we have the Janice and we can see the full thing. But at the end of the day, who really has purple hair? That's not a real woman. (laughs) Literally. Literally, thank you. So that's just my feeling. But I think this is a really cool cast. Um, what we're left with are good performers. We did lose a couple of people that I personally uh, found interesting and fun and who I like to listen to. Um, but I'm excited to dive into this because we had some really interesting performances, not as good as week one. See, I think that some of these were were a little bit lacking compared to week one. Yeah. And then I think some of them absolutely soared above and beyond yeah like and we'll get into it but i i think that there's a great variety of people who who understand that this is a longer haul this mm-hmm. is like this is a competitive show you have to yeah. get better as the season goes and we've so, there yeah. are a few contestants who have done singing competitions before so they're used to the the the, the game um but spoiler alert listeners i have not i did not give out a 10 this week i have no 10s this week <gasps> oh shit so we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Okay, All let's right. Go. Can I just say that the singer of the Queen of the Universe theme song sounds like Christina Aguilera, but clearly it's not Christina Aguilera? Yeah, it's fully Christina Bianco singing as Christina Aguilera. You know, it's the impressionist yeah. in New York. Yeah, it absolutely is. Well, anyway, we're back in our host city of London, UK. It is time for our second recap, but third episode. Uh, Graham Norton is introduced and followed by a parade of sexy male dancers. And fuck me up. I was happy for that. Oh my God. I don't know whose gay uncle sat on this casting couch for these men to parade their little happy British asses across the screen, but they have the best job in the whole world. Those men are stunning. And like, what I've learned is that some of these uh, hunky men also are the dancers for um, the Mass Singer UK. <gasps> well, there you so go. It's now. like their job. Just BBC we're, dancers. Yeah, we're dealing with television professionals. I'm exactly. happy to hear it. And we will be talking about one um, specifically later on. Clearly, you can tell which one I'm quite fond of from the episode. <laughs> but we'll get to him later. Um, so Graham's going to welcome us back. Remind us that the competition is out of this world. And we have our pop diva panel who yet to walk the runway this week. Vanessa Williams looks great in white, but 
I feel like she was having a little trouble in her heels. Um, she's she's getting a little older. Yeah. Um, hold on, I'm looking up a photo of her from this particular week. I know she was in white. It's just like had a cut away when know. she was like hobbling a little bit. It does kind of feel a little bit like you know, like when we started seeing RuPaul slowly get into the like, and may the best drag queen win. Yeah. Yep. And like Halloween sound effect door opening with the arm going up. It's, it's a little bit like, I'm I'm so sorry that you had to put down the NyQuil to get up on that stage, girl. Yeah. Like she looks unbelievable. And oh, like, gorgeous. of course, Broadway superstar, diva. She has every right to be there. She's mm-hmm. just going to need her, her equity caught as soon as the camera stop rolling. Absolutely. Then we have Trixie Mattel in that giant pink beehive, which I don't understand how it stood up. I don't either. I saw um, Wig Chapel did this hair yes, for her. Yes, I saw that Kudos today. To I saw that today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I, I just uh, uh, there's no a words. twink in there. There has to be a twink holding it up in there. <laughs> Leslie Jordan is in that wig. That's has anyone is. checked on Leslie Jordan? Mm-hmm. Um, no, it it's so good and it's so quintessential Trixie. And it really it, it was giving like Marge Simpson, but make it fashion. Exactly. Like, yeah, I'm I'm living. Leona Lewis is flawless in Lyme. That that girl is gorgeous. Yeah, it takes a special breed of true biological female to pull off Lyme green and check. Mm -hmm. We have all the boxes checked. And Michelle Visage is wearing her casual sweater and comfy pants. And she's like, you're not paying me enough for my drag race glam. (laughs) Literally, she's like, these queens are up for a quarter of a million dollars. Mama, I make that per minute. I have no time for this. (laughs) I just, I'm, I'm just waiting for my next break in a Sprite. Like, also, also, can we just talk about how every single time Michelle appears on TV, the silver streak in her hair gets wider and wider and wider. Not whiter, but like no, it, it gets thicker. I like, don't know what it is. It can't be real, but it's real. No, there's no. I mean, like, because the first episode she had like the full black hair with the pony right. with tinsel, which I'm like, okay, obviously she grew that out of her scalp. But like, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it. I loved when it was like subtle, like more of a Sweeney Todd vibe, like Johnny mm-hmm. Depp Sweeney. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about it, uh, you know, colonizing that perfect jet black hair. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, she she's embracing her, the new Michelle Visage. No more big boobs. Gray is coming in. She's she's embracing her older self, I guess. Yes. Ugh. Graham tells us that we have eight talented queens who have now have the option now to have professional choreography, hot dancers, and special effects. Come on, Eurovision realness. This is what I'm here for. Literally. Are, are you a fan of Eurovision? I, no, I have no idea truly what that is or what that stands for. <laughs> have you not seen Eurovision, uh, uh, the movie with Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams on Netflix? Oh, now see, I have seen that. Mm-hmm. So... So that's I a real a competition. That. that is a real, right. real competition. ABBA was one of the winners. Celine Dion was a winner from that. That's where we got these grades from that competition. Yeah. Oh, um, so basically Eurovision is uh, an, a European uh, singing competition. Each country sends an artist and they all compete with their song. And each year um, it goes to a different host city, whoever wins. So next year it's going to be in Italy because Italy won this past year. See, I do love that. I love, I love mm-hmm. it conceptually. And based on the, the prestigious panel of judges that you just listed, like that is our panel of alumni. Yeah. That is, that's stunning. Mm-hmm. So yes, it's, it's I am, brilliant. I am it's a lot of fan. fun. 
I will make sure we watch it uh, in April, May of next year. It's going to be great. Great. Perfect. So I'm excited for that part, but we must remind the Queens that they will be critiqued on their WAP, which I still hate, but alas, we're going to keep doing it. WAP mm-hmm. means what they're wearing, all-star attitude and performance. Yeah, we'll get into this. <sighs> yeah. So the fate of the Queens <laughs> will be determined by the popular vote of the studio audience, which I'm here for. I love when the audience gets to vote because sometimes mm-hmm. the judges are wrong. Um, Correct. But we hear that there is a twist that one previously eliminated queen will return to the competition. Hmm, I wonder who it could be. <laughs> I wonder what sort of UK legend they were considering. Exactly. I The acting last week was so bad, very bad. But yeah, the theme uh... this week is Turn Back Time, where the queens will serve a look and performance from a classic era, which I feel like is just in your wheelhouse. Literally, I'm so glad when I was watching this episode last night, I was fully like, she picked the right girl to talk about the right time. Mm-hmm. The time is now. The girl is her. We're here. Yes. Thank you very much for having of me. Course. Of course. Of <laughs> course. So we just hit the three minute mark of the episode and we're ready for our first performance. So like, we're not messing around. We are speeding through this show. We only have 45 minutes. Let's go. I know, literally like the other thing I noticed is again, I have no familiarity with the voice or idol or like any of that, any of that stuff, but this is cooking and it is all singing. And then the judging is like mostly um, full of praise. Like there is a little bit of critique, but it is nowhere near like Michelle looking at Rose going like, that's orange girl. Like there is none of that going on. It's only like, I loved your performance. I loved your vocals. And like, you were like a little bit pitchy, blah, blah, blah. But then girl, you nailed it. Clap, 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 clap. And then it's like more singing. Anyway, I'm just noticing. If you're not Simon Cowell, apparently you're not allowed to be mean anymore. We just need someone new to cancel, which apparently I agree. You said, yeah, yeah, yeah. You said that oh, we'll, we'll get we'll, we'll, we'll get to him. Okay, to them. <laughs> All right, Arya Bead Cassidyne is up first. Um, in her video package, she tells us she will be going back to the '70s, aka the height of self-expression when people didn't give a fuck and what you thought about. She's going to do homage to Sylvester, aka the Queen of Disco. She says that Sylvester gave her a sound to cling to. RuPaul gave her inspiration as a drag queen. And Billy Porter was a voice that she could identify herself with. And isn't it funny that last week on the podcast, it's like, she sounds like Billy Porter when she performs. <gasps> Literally. <laughs> Literally. She sounds like bingo. Billy Porter and like, bingo, like l- legitimately, I've got bingo blackout. She like, she gets on the mic in the confessional and I'm hearing like, the smoky raspy and I'm thinking about mm-hmm. how Billy Porter's talked about like the acid reflux that came like in his mi- like the middle of his career thus far and it's like I always wonder when I hear someone who sounds like that what is the instrument that's underneath that yeah. rasp because it could be glorious or it could fully be you know Carol Channing Cheryl Canning at the end exactly. of her night yeah yeah but I think are we, are we already getting into it? Or, or oh, well, I, I, have, I have two fun Billy Porter related facts. Are you ready for them? Oh, okay. Yes, I'm ready. One, I worked with Billy Porter. So he, he's a pal <gasps> of mine. Mm-hmm. Oh my I worked God, on what? Uh, the revival of Angels in America. So I got to work with a lot of good people like Christian Borrell, Adam Driver, Michael Yuri, Bill Heck, uh, Zoe Kazan. I worked with a really cool lot of people for that show. Um, I've never heard of any of those people. You guys can't see it. My mouth is on my desk. <laughs> yeah, like, so so much fun. Um, this was before Adam Driver was Kylo Ren, before people really knew who he was. So that was cool. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, wow. second fun fact that relates to someone on the judges panel. Did you know 
that when they were first going to do the revival of Into the Woods, Billy Porter was going to play the witch. But after 9-11, they said, no, we have to keep it traditional. And they cast Vanessa Williams. Right off the bat, what the hell does 9-11 have to do with staying traditional on Broadway and casting? I don't know. But I, he told me that story and I was like, that's the biggest travesty in the world. That was his that, moment. That's why Kiki that, Boos was so big for him because he lost his moment to Vanessa Williams. Because he fully would have... Okay, listen. I... I don't care Billy who Porter you are, the witch. where you come from. Uh, Billy Porter as the witch. And like, honestly, I'm a bit of a purist when it comes to that show. I mean, like, you cannot stand in front of me, not in this house, and tell me that the original production of Into the Woods is not iconic and blessed by whatever sort of higher power exists. It is untouchable. And then you have the opportunity to create something totally new and totally unique and, again, untouchable in its own right and bring in a queer person of color, nothing against Vanessa Williams. I think she was fabulous. It was as well. great. She was wonderful in that production. Yeah. But like, yeah, girl, you bring in, you bring in an HIV positive house mother mm -hmm. to play the mother of the, it, it, yeah. Uh, well, well, now I'm mad. Now I'm picketing in the streets because that didn't happen how many years ago? Almost 20. Is, almost 20 years ago. Would you tell personally, Billy, from me? I saw Billy in Kinky Boots. Billy was the reason I wanted to go to college for musical theater and the reason I wanted to do shows like Kinky Boots that were cutting edge and queer stories by queer yeah, people. Yeah, he's great. If you, he's, he's yeah. Brilliant. If you communicate with them regularly, please tell them that I have the I utmost respect for them and I just I I will. adore them. Anyway, that's just me, Our, you know, plugging. <laughs> I'm here for it. So, Aria, let's talk about the look to start. Um, the wig, it's a thing. We know that sometimes tinsel wigs are fun and also stupid, but... I think she's making it work for this song and only this song. I have to agree. I think that, again, like this is, hold on. I got to pull up the look. I was trying to find it on Google, all sly, but I just, it isn't popping up. What was that account you said it was? I'm so uh, sorry. RPDR looks, uh, RPDR looks 2021 on Instagram. Um, okay. But yeah, but also the look, I think it's very simple. It's very club dance look. And again, does it pair well to the song? Totally. Would I like to see her elevated a little bit? Yeah, this is a competition. Yes, I, I, oh, there it is. Okay, yeah, so, so the thing is like, is it beautiful? Yes. Is it serving Sylvester? I would say, is it giving me Studio 54? Yeah, it's, I, I'm with you. I'd like to see it elevated. Girl, there is a quarter million dollars on the line. And mm -hmm. listen, I know nothing. I am baby, but like, you got to look like you deserve a quarter of a million dollars because I you got to look like you spent a quarter of a million dollars to get to London to get to compete for it. Absolutely, it's it's, it's beautiful. It's got to be more. Yeah. So the song, as we alluded to, is Sylvester's "You Make Me Feel." It's a classic. Um, I feel like she was giving us the boys, and we will talk about the boys again specifically later. But. Um, yeah, I think her vocals lend well for this song, but for me, it just doesn't go far enough. It's a disco song. You dance to it. You don't sing to it. Now, now I, I may disagree with you a little bit on this, and I will That's come fair. to her defense because the vocals for this. I was just like sitting there and like, you know, you listen to Sylvester just sort of like, when mm -hmm. we're and it's just like effortless and breathy and airy and whatever. And then like, my small Caucasian ass tries to sing something like this. 
and I can't, I just like right. my voice doesn't live there. Mm -hmm. So I think that it takes, even for the small amount of ography that she was giving us, this is a hard song. This is like vocally, technically speaking, is so hard. And you're living in that mixy mm -hmm. belty place of like trying to keep your like, you make me feel. And then like popping back into that like smoky, raspy, but still head voice dominant. Play. I, I think that her balance is very, very right for this song. Yeah. Um, do she I has think a great she, opera register? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think like with all the ography, it is a little like you walk the line of being breathy and breathless. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that was like her disadvantage with having choreography. But then again, you pick a disco number and you dress exactly. like you got off the horse at Studio Fifty Four. You're gonna have to dance. Exactly. So um, yeah. yeah, no. When she got that money note, it definitely paid off. She definitely nailed mm. that money note. Um, so the dancers did a reveal and it was okay. I like the red, but why were they clashing with her? It didn't work. How much of an input did she have to compare to what the production of the show gave her? I have no idea. Do you, I mean, like, do you, do you have any, any, I got no info? ideas. Yeah. I, I don't either. I don't like how they all walked out fully in. I don't know if they were trying to give gospel. I don't know if they were trying to give bedsheet ghosts at Halloween and then they reveal into this cherries and feathers bright red cockatoo right. moment it's like and she's in girls, black and gold I'm like no this doesn't work she's in black and gold and like my question is did they know I mean I'm assuming from the confessional videos that they sent in audition tapes with all of their looks or probably. at least you know like they probably had to tell production like I'm planning to wear this because I know like on drag race there is all the lore about like, you can't wear that, that mares like that, that doesn't look good on TV, blah, 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 blah. But she is wearing black and gold and the dancers are wearing red. And is that silver, white? Like- I think it was white. It was not good, not good. Just, if this were the Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy from Company B, red and white would, would make sense. Mm -hmm. But this, I, I have no- Not words. for disco. Not for disco. Put those white girls in gold and they will be stunning. I know exactly. a chorus line just opened in the West End with my friend Adam Cooper. Get the costumes from the chorus line. There you go. <laughs> yeah, overall, I think what's an interesting song choice for a singing competition. She proved that she is a captivating performer. Um, but with the theme, once again, sing whatever the fuck you want. When, you, when it's not modern, is this where I would have gone? Probably not. But overall, I think it was a good performance. Mm-hmm. I absolutely right. agree. The judges. How was Aria's nerves tonight? She says, fuck them. But Trixie says she loved it so much. Didn't think she could get any gayer, but her, here she is. She says she was giving them a little bit of drag show, one, two step, and wanted her to meet the dancers on their energy level. Mm -hmm. uh, Vanessa reminds us that this was a song she had to lip sync to when she won Celebrity Drag Race. Um, anyone remember that? Remember that? Just Russell's Literally crickets. I had no yeah. idea what she was talking about. Um, yeah, so she was with her and sang along. She gave them sass and glorious falsetto and wanted to see more from her. Michelle is living for the Rick James hair moment, and Ari is like, But I thought it looked like Black Cher. Leona says it's a hard song to sing technically, but she blew her away. Aria says, From one artist to another, she thanks her. Being from the south side of Atlanta, you have dreams and aspirations. This is more than she could ever dreamed of. All right. Will you go with this performance pitch perfect or off key using your WAP? Okay. So if we're using the metric scale of WAP, 
listen, I don't live in the UK. I don't know what the conversion chart looks like these days. I'm not an economist. Don't ask me <laughs> the currency exchange rate. But I think in terms of W, what she's wearing, what she is wearing, aside from her dancers, is mm -hmm. fine. I give it like a seven or eight. What is the A again? All-star attitude. Oh, dear God. Okay, yeah. All-star attitude. I think that she got caught between doing the choreography and living in the vocals. Because mm -hmm. I don't think this is a song that you you got to bust down Tatiana on. I think right. that to give you the all-star panache that this number requires, you could stand there and vibe. Like that mm -hmm. is literally, that is an all-star number. You let your dancers do the work for you. Exactly. Yeah, so like, I think that unfortunately she may have got caught, she may have been caught in a production requirement of doing more than she should be doing. So I'm not really gonna comment on that. I'm gonna give it like, as it stands, like a five or six. Performance, vocally, it's a hard song and she has the right vocal um, prowess and approach and style, like stylization. So I give, I give it a nine. Cause like there are some pitchy things, but like when you're screaming that high and people are cheering and people are dancing and you're trying to dance a lot. I mean, for what went down nine, nine or 10. Good yeah. for her. The audience was 69% pitch perfect, 31% off key. They were not okay, a fan. Well, I, overall, my score, I would be giving her an 8.5. Overall, okay. I, I, would, I could find a lot of reason in that, absolutely. And we're going to get our first Queen of the Universe bumper count, so there's number one. <laughs> Next up, we have Leona Winter. In her video package, she says this is the biggest and hardest drag competition she has ever done. And let's remind everyone she has done another competition, which she won, called The Switch in Chile. And she was also on The Voice France. So she's done this before. She says that she is impressed by all the other queens. And if they do better than her, okay. But she doesn't know if they will. She will be walking up to the stage thinking of her husband, Lorenzo. And I was like, oh, I want to love her like that. That's really sweet. Yeah, whatever. I'm single. And... This to her, him. Oh, see, I'm single and bitter. I was over it when she said that. Me but... too. Oh, fully. I am. Oh, yeah. As the <laughs> listeners know, I am the most bitter. It is uh, a thing on the podcast to me lament my singleness. Okay, okay. Well, I joined the brigade. Here we go. I'm about to get to my company birthday. I'm very upset that I'm single. Oh, have you seen it yet? I haven't seen it yet, but January 20th, I turn 35 and I'm going to be single and I'm not happy about it. So I'll, either, either I'll get Patty Lapone to call you or I'll call you and go, hi, this is a dirty phone call. You know, I'm here for, for it. Yeah. For listeners who don't know, that is not our relationship between the two <laughs> of us. That is the first line of the musical company. <laughs> It's true. Anyway. All right. This look and headpiece by Young Chan Jung. Uh, this look is literal perfection. Her beat is beautiful, stunning, and flawless. The hat is sensational. The gown, it's vintage and elegant, and the feathers are just pristine. I want a French ad poster of this look on my wall. And this was, I was like, oh, I, I think you could wear this, couldn't you? Thank you, God, because this is also the look that she walked out in. And I was like, it's so it's so tragic that she stole the gown that I will be buried in to wear on television. Yeah. Like yeah. how, how dare she rob my preemptive grave? She is, I think 
I mean, from head to toe, the hat is absolute fashion. The earrings are right. The makeup, the pit of the eye, like the inner mm-hmm. eyelid, that white cut crease is perfection, especially with the proportioning of the brows. Her lip is right. Her shading is right. The neck piece is stunning. And then she has this unbelievable like feather decolletage that goes down into a hip fin that goes down into this trumpet gown. It's just from head to toe. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. The look is immediately, if we're on a 10 point scale, it's a 12. Yep. So Liana has chosen to sing The Winner Takes It All by ABBA. And I have to say, maybe it was the cut. Maybe it was the emotions, but I feel like it was a bit of a miss coming off of what I said was a perfect performance last week. Yeah, it's just, she also, she tried to give it the Meryl Streep, which like, (laughs) she just gave it like all of that vibrato. And again, musical theater girl, like give me Ethel Merman or put me in the grave in this dress. But it's, she tried to give us full acting. Yes. And like Graham said, this show is about your voice. This show is not about I'm feeling and I'm giving you the performance. Exactly. Like that is wonderful. And I personally live for it, but the show is about how well can you sing it? And that exactly. last note, that huge last note that the opt up at the end was stunning. And that's what the performance should have been about. But I Absolutely. think she got lost a bit in the theatrics of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the presentation was beautiful with musicians flanking her while she's stationary on the platform. That being said, at some point, she's going to have to give us a little more movement because it's two weeks in a row where she's really been giving you that cabaret performance. This was a good cabaret performance. Um, but again, this is a singing show. Performance is going to have to play into it a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. But she is a very captivating performer. Um, her higher register, I think you're right. The, her, her emotions got to the best of her. Um, so maybe if she started in a lower key, it could have been a st- overall stronger performance. But the one thing that I did notice was this is the first time that when the cameras were zooming through the lights into this that, that big centerpiece on stage, whoever designed this made it a massive design flaw because all you saw were those like parallel light things and you didn't see the stage of the performers. It was very confusing. Um, go back and look. It's really weird. I was about like, to say, I don't, yeah, I don't remember that, but also, you know, I'm looking at the cherries and feathers on this girl. Exactly. Like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're right. When she got to that power note, it was great. Um, the buildup, again, it was a weird cut of the song. Us knowing the song, we know how it builds. And she's like, oh, I had to cut out the middle part. So here we are. I was like, oh, no, no, you, you lost Yeah, like it. I, I didn't get when the drums come in. Like that is the most exciting part of the song. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I, I wanted to see that. I wanted to see her jump off that platform and go running. Like I, if, if you're going to give us Meryl Streep, give us Meryl Streep running up the mountain in Greece. Don't give us, you know, yeah. For a second, I was like, wait, Meryl Streep was in Greece? And I was like, oh, wait, ha ha. But that would be a thing. Maybe Meryl Streep in Greece, then um, that's that's the fan fiction musical right now. Listen, I... She'd be Rizzo. Meryl Streep could literally play, uh, I don't know, The Grinch. She could play Charlie Brown. She could play um, Miss Frizzle. Wait, that actually would be iconic. That would be very good. My yeah. point is Meryl Streep could vomit and diarrhea at the same time. And I'd buy two tickets. Like I agree. So anyway, yeah. So the judges, Vanessa is not a big fan of ABBA because it's, she's heard it over and over again, but Leona brought a French approach to ABBA and it was very emotional. 
Graham notes that she was emotional and she says it's been an emotional for her thinking of her husband as they were married last year and it means a lot to her. And I said, fuck you for being married. Good for you. <laughs> Trixie <laughs> says she's really good at storytelling, but she can see how emotions eat away at the pitch. Vocally, you want to remain sad, but available. And like Trixie and I, that's us. Very, 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 very sad and available. Um, yeah. Leona says that you have to be able to have the emotion when you sing as you tell a story, but sometimes the vulnerability can be pitchy. All right. The audience with pitch perfect or off key. Where are you going first before I reveal that? I got to be honest. Like th this was not for me. I don't know. I really don't know. You know what? Can I have the audience vote first? And then I can sure. tell you whether I disagree or agree. 50-50. Literally split down the middle. Okay. See, <laughs> I... Okay, well, that didn't help at all, did it? Nope. Um, I, I, I personally, again, I love the musical theater. I love a warbly beltress. It's what I live for. I... I was a little bit shocked when the last note came out because of how warbly and how musical theater the first 95% of the song was. Exactly. And again, I think it's stunning, but I think that I, I don't know. I think she runs the risk of being too Broadway, too dramatic, too, too old school. And again, as a young girl who does old school or who, who is obsessed with the old school, I feel like I have to be hyper aware of running into that because people will yep. be the first to be like, okay, Robbie Turner, or okay, like, like, don't trap yourself in that box. And I think that she is on the way to trapping herself in sort of that Ethel Merman, sort of like big, belty, warbly sound. And I want to see more from her. I want to see her try pop. I, I want to see her try all of the other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to give it an eight. I gave her an eight. I think it's a slight bias because I do adore her. And I think she's very much what I love to see in a drag queen. So I gave her an eight. Um, and now we're going to get queen of the universe bumper count number two. Moving on to Rahida Boche. She is proud to have made it to the final eight. This will be the first video package where the queens are going to interact with one another. Um, we're going to hear that Ronnie discusses that $250,000 is 18.5 million rupees in her country. And it is 5 million pesos for Rahina. And I was like, over my head. Still doesn't make yeah. any sense to me. But either way, she says the prize is life-changing. She would give to a good cause if she won that amount of money. So it's either for HIV or kids. No specific charities, just kids in general. Or drag school. And Rupelo is like, no, not drag you. Yeah. <laughs> no, literally, like listen i was like this is I'm the pageant answer i hear you yeah oh no it's not i'm 23 years old and i do not want a kid yet at some point in my life when i have someone else when you know when i can tag mm -hmm. team with someone else to raise a child then sure but i would not give two hundred fifty thousand dollars to a kid to any kid ever ever <laughs> i wouldn't even give it to a dog well that's a lie i would buy like designer coats for a, a pomeranian of course, of course. but like <laughs> yeah no not the kids I would love to don't, I think that donating to charity to a HIV AIDS research is really, really valiant and valuable and wonderful. Um, also- You could always it, to donate to my charity and the charity is called me. 
yeah, the charity's called me. Or you could donate to, um, I don't know, the dating apps that operate in New York City for gay men because right now they are trash. That's the story. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I hate them. Okay, this look. Uh, no designers listed. So we, we see the look, and it's perfectly 80s. She's got the neon pink dress. She's got the yellow leg warmers. The hair is big and magenta. The makeup is all about color. It's a grad, great drag look. But then... But then we find out the song she is singing is not from the 80s, but from the 90s, as she's about to sing Tony Braxton's Unbreak My Heart. Now, would you like to start with the look before we get to the song choice? Mama, where to start, where to end? How can we be lovers if we can't even be friends? Like, this is, again, call me a classic girl. Call me a vintage lady. But I do not stray from anywhere from, like, the 1910s to the 19, the early 60s. And this shit is giving me, I, I, I'm going as Madonna for Halloween and I've only ever heard Material Girl twice. Mm -hmm. It's giving me, I, oh, oh, I just like, and <laughs> I don't even know what to say. It's, she is so pretty and her first look was untouchable. It was giving me Absolutely. such Mexican heritage. I was, I'm from Texas. So like, I love it. I've seen that culture in my life since I was very, very little. And I absolutely have the utmost respect for it. And I thought her entrance look was unclockable. This is not it. I'm, I'm just getting so much color in the eye. The hair is like pink, purple. Ursula had a bad day at the salon. Ursula the sea witch. And it's just, it's so 80. I'm sorry. You know what? Regina, if you listen to this, this is not you. It's just my my disassociation with the 80s. Let's call it that. Because if it, it, it is perfectly 80s, I just don't like the 80s. That's, I think, what we're getting. <laughs> That's fair. Well, let's, before um, we dive into the specifics of the performance, we just have to discuss how this look and the song do not match whatsoever. If you want to tell me you're going to do like a full, fun 90s number wearing playful 80s, Go for it. But this song clashes with the look. You want to do this song. You want to you want to be singing in a gown. I need the drama. Serve me the sadness. I know we're going to go into the turn and give it a dance beat, but this is a heartbreaking song. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, if you're going to walk out here and sing anything other than girls just want to have fun, go home. Exactly. Exactly. Like, it's like, you know what? You know what? It, I would have given her a pass for this look for the eighties in general. The eighties would have gotten a free pass from me. Plasma La Rose. You can trademark it. Put it on a t-shirt. I don't give a shit. If she had sung Cindy Lauper, things would be different. But she she gave us ballad in mm -hmm. the roller rink extravaganza look. Mm -hmm. Like it's just it. No, no. Yeah. Um. I think her lower register is actually pretty stunning. Uh. She has a very pure vocal. Um. Mm -hmm. When she did get to the dance remix, um, it was a miss when she tried to hit those higher notes because she was, whether again, it was the dancing and com combined with the higher range, it was it was very pitchy. Um, for me, I will say one of the strongest and smartest moments of the performance was when she had the dancers do the costume reveal for her, removing the jacket and skirt while holding her mic. That is smart choreo. And for anyone who does any competitions, like, I don't know, say, iconic if we ever come back or lady liberty that's what the, you gotta do you gotta make sure your dancers are a part of your performance fully completely let me, let me tell you i think i can speak with some limited authority on how how 
much work and choreography goes into coordinating your reveals with your dancers. As mm-hmm. someone who did eight reveals, count them, eight reveals in my Lady Liberty Queen of the Night finale. And this is not me trying to like wax on, wax off, even though that's fully what I'm doing. But it, 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 that was incredibly smart of her. Yep. I just wish that the look had been something completely different. So like, first of all, so we didn't assume that you were wearing a, a unitard with a belt no, 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 wait. It was a leotard, wasn't it? Not a Anyway, it that was, you were wearing. She was jazzercising and not performing physical. Yeah, that you had stolen Jane Fonda's swimsuit and leg warmers to hide under a big pink petticoat. Like, yes. Yeah. What else? What, where's the drag, mom? Or mm-hmm. if you're going to do that, make the reveal so fast that it is, it, it's a Cinderella, Laura Osnes exactly costume change. Like, make it. Make the change the feet, not the fact mm-hmm. that there is another thing underneath it. Make the trend, like make the, the reveal the spectacle. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think with song choice being so important and drag being the biggest part of this show, Rohina missed it because it was not a fully realized performance in choice. Now, last week, um, our, our guest, Lyra Vega, um, alluded to some insider tea about... Um, Novazar maybe sharing that the producers did have some say when it came to song selection and changing things. I'm going to make a prediction and say, perhaps she did have an 80 song ready and they told her, no, we don't have the uh, rights for it. And this was her only other option. So she was stuck in her luck doing the wrong song. That's going to be my prediction. That's me also trying to give her um, a little leeway because no one is this dumb. You can't be this dumb. I was about to say, because this girl, right off the gate, she's like, I performed in Broadway in Mexico City. I've been doing all these things. And like, again, as a musical theater purist snob, you know the difference between Grease and Footloose. Exactly. Like, you know what? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to partner with you in this because I think that she is too smart of a queen based mm-hmm. only on one week of competition before this. She is too smart and too good and too polished of a queen to make a mistake like this. I and agree, if she has the, the musical dramaturgy or like the musical knowledge, you know what, maybe she, you know what? I'm gonna issue an apology. If you had a Cindy Lauper song ready, I'm gonna buy you a drink when you're a New York girl. How about that? There you go. But if you, if you didn't, um, I'll see you at the rink. All right, Michelle says she was impressed with her lower range, but she struggled with the pitch at the end. She thought it was fun and enjoys watching her. Vanessa says that she gave her visually what she gave her visually didn't match what she heard sonically. I was like, sonically? Well, who uses that in a critique? But go off, Vanessa. Rahina <laughs> will tell us that she wanted to give them both the look she loves from the 80s, but the 90s made her. It's when she discovered herself, she thinks they can match. And that's when I was like, I think you were not sure how to answer the question because you knew you had to change. <laughs> And yeah, Trixie wonders, sense. Trixie wonders if she has an extra scrunchie she could borrow. She says her body shape is exactly proportion perfect, and she says it's amazing she can sing like that with a pinched little waist. T. All right, pitch perfect or off key? Where are you going? I'm. I like I I. My thing is like when you try to sing in the basement and in the heavens, yeah, 
you're you're setting yourself you are like literally setting out a parade of mousetraps and then expecting yourself to have unblistered feet like it's it's hard it's so hard and like she is a seasoned vet and i can tell her technique is off the charts it wasn't my favorite vocally so i'm gonna go with off key but i think that she is a fantastic singer otherwise i agree the audience was 27% pitch perfect, 73% off key. I'm giving her the lowest of my scores at a 7.5. Uh, and then we're getting Queen of the Universe bumper count number three. Next up, we have Grag Queen. For her, she says the competition is getting harder and she is nervous, but she is bringing something new. She tells the other girls that she is doing something classy, jazzy, and diva. She's going to switch it up and be a lady. She says that she was into Etta James and Ella Fitzgerald as a kid while other kids were listening to pop, but she's got soul and heart. All right, so her look is by Fabricio Neves, hair by Lee Evangelista. I think this look is sexy. I love that sparkly dress that also turns into a blazer with the tie. Gender, fuck, beauty. The hair is laid. I feel like if Selena wasn't murdered, this is like what she would wear today. Um, just saying. Peace, Selena. Also, that being said, once again, this look does not match the song whatsoever. You're doing a torch song. Give me an actual beautiful gown, mama. Thank you. Thank you. Do you want, can I go in? Yeah, you can. Okay, yeah. Okay. So, dream a little dream of me as part of my makeup routine. Like, literally, it is my final touch. It's when I put on my Chanel 5. Like, literally, mm -hmm. I play Doris Day's version of dream a little dream mm -hmm. of me to put on my perfume whenever I'm in drag. And so like the song is sacred territory to me. Yeah. I never, ever, ever, ever. <laughs> I hate, hate, hate your hair and makeup today. No, she looks beautiful. I never, ever, ever, ever wanted to hear Christina Aguilera sing this song. And what we got was Christina Aguilera singing this song or like Fergie's national anthem mm -hmm. as dream a little dream of me. It's like, do I appreciate the like, wah, bah, 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 like that, that whole jazz, like yeah. falsetto scatting? Yes. And I so, I so, so, so loved it. I also hated the track they chose. I thought that the, like the band that they used was mm -hmm. trying to give big band and it's not big band. This is, this is Cafe Carlisle. This is studio or uh, not studio 54, LOL, 54 below. Yeah. This is. It is so, if you're trying to give Ella Fitzgerald and Doris, De or Ella Fitzgerald, let's stop at Ella Fitzgerald. Ella mm -hmm. literally couldn't perform at any of the big venues because of the color of her skin, which is a whole other catalyst of issues that we won't launch into. But she performed with, I don't know, four musicians, maybe five, until she became Ella Fitzgerald. Like, you're talking about basement jazz. I need... If, if I, the track bothered me, her vocal choices bothered me. I thought that what she did for rehab was perfect. So when this girl walks out and says, I'm going to sing Ella Fitzgerald, I get concerned. And then you walk out in a red sequin blazer, floor length quote gown that doesn't even <laughs> touch your shoes. And I'm sorry, I'm not one to mix blush pink and burgundy i'm not one to wear a black tie with blush pink and burgundy like if you're gonna do a marlena dietrich illusion in a tuxedo dress wear black and white yeah in sequin with a mm -hmm. bold lip 
and a yeah. hat and like a huge, massive, wonderful jazz illusion hair. I'm sorry, I could pick this apart for hours and I don't want to do that. And I think that she is so talented and I think that she has a voice that I will never have because she can growl and, and scat in that Amy Winehouse way that I don't have. Mm -hmm. but, uh, but I am a jazz purist and I absolutely worship at the feet of Ella Fitzgerald and Doris Day and Frank Sinatra, even though he was a piece of shit. But <laughs> I, I, I don't like the backdrop. It's giving Doja Cat. I don't like the red sequin suit because it's giving, it's giving ex-Tina. Like if she wasn't wearing that blouse, honestly, if she wasn't wearing the pink blouse, I would like it more with her titties yeah. out. Because then it, at least she would be true to the ex-Tina fantasy that she was serving. Um, the hair is, is frankly not jazz. It's, I, I'm, I need to see Gaga's residency in Vegas. I need to see a cheek to cheek. I need to not, not saying that she needs to dress like a white girl. Cause that's absolutely not what she needs to do. I just need more. If you're gonna, if you're going to, I'm sorry, I'm going off and I'm going you're allowed in. to. If she, thank you. Thank you for the license. If she is going to give us Doris day or Ella Fitzgerald, I need to see the fashion inspiration of the fifties. I need to see Audrey Hepburn. I need to see William Travilla for Marilyn Monroe. I need to see strapless. I need to see, um, uh, or even like uh, Carmen Miranda, give us like a chunky wedge heel, give us some sure. sort of style allusion to the forties and fifties when this music became the end of music. There's a reason it's still around and it is because it is untouchable. And when you try to touch it with a fiery hot poker and change it and make it your own, sometimes it doesn't translate like Fergie singing the national anthem. Sometimes it just doesn't work out. Yep. I personally. I think her vocals, if you separate her vocals from everything else, she sounds great. Not Absolutely. on this song, not with this material. Honey, look at the material. But I think she sounds great. I think if she found a different song to use that, like, wah, 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 like that high falsetto mixy place, like give us Ariana, give us, mm -hmm. give us, a, give us Whitney, give us, give us something that can live in that place that isn't trying to be jazz scat. I don't know. I just didn't get it. I don't like the outfit. Then again, I could be viewing this from a place of like, I wouldn't wear it. But I just... It's, it is interesting. Because I, I did say for me, I was surprised by the song choice because it's not what I was expecting because it is a, it is a favorite of mine. Um, so she's going to utilize the dancers who are going to be dressed as angels, which is very hot, but also with this song... Where is the connection? Why are they angels? It's fine. Um, yeah. And then she had that like really hunky um, angel playing the piano, which is my future ex-boyfriend, but more on him later. Um, <laughs> I think she does have a really unique tone and it's showcased in this tune. She is a diverse vocalist, but two weeks in a row, she's leaning into the jazz genre, despite coming from two very different eras of jazz, but also not grasping what jazz is it's like what she thinks jazz is from a maybe resilient standpoint but that being said i i was i like i personally like this one better than uh rehab last week because for me that one just made no sense with the connection this one at least we're at least we're wearing a gown and it makes a little it's not the perfect gown but at least we're we're feeling it and it's interesting i don't know if you watched um uh drag race uk 2 
uh, with Joe Black. Joe Black wore something like this, but had that really uh, short um, Marlene Dietrich hair. Um, and th it was their interpretation of Bowie, but it worked. This didn't work because it's not, I don't, I don't see this as drag queen. Yeah. I, you know what? I have no idea what jazz has ever or will ever or currently sounds like in South America or Brazilian culture. No idea whatsoever. Like whoop, right over yeah. my head. It could, she could have done the most justice that anyone will ever do to this song in Brazilian culture. Uh, as someone who lives in the United States, has always lived in the United States, has only ever heard, again, Doris Day and Ella Fitzgerald and Judy Garland even, like, sing this song, it is not giving the old Hollywood yeah. luxury that I think she was trying to go for. Absolutely. Um, and... See, and I liked Rehab more. Uh, her her purple feathers look, I thought was unbelievable. And I wanted her, mm -hmm. I was expecting her to scream her face off and dance. Like I, I wanted her in that look to give us full carnival, like the full Brazilian fantasy and truly like take a moment to, you know, flex on these other girls who are just going to stand still and with a mic stand. Yep. And- I don't know. I think it was a wasted opportunity. And I think that the dancers as angels were giving Victoria's secret. It was like, we were trying to do, <laughs> you're going to hate me for saying this. Everyone may hate me. For... I may get canceled for saying this, but I'm going to be controversial yet brave in the words of Trixie Mattel. It's like, if we were giving Zara does eighties does forties. Sure. It's just like, the red sequins with the blush pink, with the black tie, with the flat hair. The hair is actually fine. It's just, again, it's not, it's not 50s or 40s at all. With the Victoria's Secret Angels on the runway, with the glittery piano, like, you, you gotta make different boards on Pinterest, hun. That's why they have the option. You cannot just save everything. <laughs> I think that a lot of these concepts work independently. Not yeah. with the song and not with this particular vocal style that she so wonderfully captures on other material. Okay, yep. I gotta be done. I, bang, bang goes the gavel. The, the jury is out. Well, speaking of jury, the judges gave her a standing ovation. Uh, Which Graham I notes, don't understand. I know. Graham notes that she is so different since last time, and Greg says you, you gotta see the growth. Leona says Ella Fitzgerald's is, Fitzgerald is the scat queen, to which Michelle says, I thought it was Trixie. She's second, haha. -ha. Come on, poop okay. jokes. She's so glad she put her own spin on it. Her smoky tone was everything on the song. Vanessa says the glitter, the clouds, standing on a glitter piano she wants for her house. It was delicious to look at. Trixie says no matter what song it is, she will be scatting at the gig. Trixie says the dress doesn't touch the ground, so drag jail. Thank you. Grag queen, grag queen then crouches down and the crowd goes wild because that's hilarious apparently. Michelle says the dress is perfect and thinks she is phenomenal. So how is she feeling after those comments? Well, Greg Queen says it's Michelle Visage. Everyone loves her. And that's where we end it. All right. Pitch perfect or off key? Off key. Love you, sis. I hope that I, you know what? First of all, I think she's a cute boy out of drag. Second of mm -hmm. all, I think I'm spoiled, rotten, filthy, garbage human, but I am a jazz purist and I was not giving, I was not getting 
what I wanted to get when I hear dream a little dream of me. Also, yeah. if you're not going to wear a floor length gown, lay on the fucking piano, lay on it. Give us mm-hmm. Marilyn Monroe singing happy birthday. Give us sex. Don't give us a buttoned up collared t-shirt. It, I'm, I gotta, I gotta lay it down. I really have just got to lay it down because I would do this completely differently. Again, I'm very biased because this is the world I like to live in. Mm-hmm. But I appreciate what Trixie said about drag jail for the non-floor length gown because I have been read the house down boots to fill on not having floor length shit. And me of all people, I should have floor length shit. I should be tripping over everything I own. Um, it just wasn't it for me. I didn't, uh, I didn't validate the standing ovation. What they said about her smoky tone. No, 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 no. Unless you are smoking a cigarette singing this song. That is the only smoky tone I will allow. Otherwise it should be buttery and soft and sexy. I feel like you should be taking off my clothes without touching me when you sing this. And I thought she was trying to belt the house down, which like, again, did she sound great technically? Yes. But uh, yeah, I gotta be done. The audience, the audience, 81% pitch perfect, 19% off key. And I gave her 19%. I I went with a nine because I think the overall concept was off or she could have gotten higher, but nope, only a nine for me. And we're going to get bumper count number four and move okay. it on and to- I, you know, I would like to go ahead. I would just want to go ahead and say to everyone who is a fan of Grag Queen, and I am personally a fan of Grag Queen. I am a spoiled bitch and I love what <laughs> I do. And I really take pride in an old Hollywood aesthetic for a young drag queen who like, wants to worship at the feet of Marilyn Monroe. Like that is literally why I do drag um, to pay homage to the women who were tortured on the lots at 20th Century Fox. I, I am very biased. I've done a lot of homework. I've done a lot of research. I've been taking voice lessons for over half of my short 23 year old life. I literally, I counted the other day. I've been taking voice lessons for I think 12 or 13 years, you know? And I, again, I am Bebe, but like I, I, I would like to say I know a thing or two about that specific niche of singing. Sure. And I, I think that she sounds phenomenal. I just personally do not like the look and I do not like the vocal execution of this song. But I think that Grad Queen is an entirely fabulous performer. I just don't want to get canceled. <laughs> Patch Plasma performing Dream a Little Dream of Me on a piano at the queue coming in 2022. <laughs> your ass, bitch. <laughs> All right. Next up, Matanta Alex. Uh, just as a warning, we are going to discuss Matanta Alex and because there are a lot of people who make Matanta Alex, though there's no designer listed here. Um, for those who don't know, Matanta Alex is a, accused um, of being an emotional abuser by Kiara from Candace Drag Race. Uh, there are reports from other people as well. Um, there have been people trying to cancel them for their abuse, but it is out there, and I'm sure this will be the last time we talk about Matanta Alex, because, yeah, this is not good. Um, yeah, so that's Matanta Alex. Okay, great. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say, um, what's the not pitch perfect option? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, this video package, Ronnie asks Matanta Alex what she'll be doing differently. She's going to be switching up and trying to get another standing ovation. It's Sally Parton, so she knows Trixie will eat it up. She says that Trixie was one of her first queens she fell in love with, and she's a cowgirl. 
She could never have imagined she'd be doing drag on stages back um, in high school. She couldn't read in front of the class without shaking. Now she wants to be Matante, a big pop star all over the world. She wants to prove that she can do more than just yodel. Cut immediately to her yodeling. <laughs> um, I know she was like, I'm more than just a Southern girl. Hold on, let me put my lasso down and send my cow Bessie back to the crib. Like, back to the crib? Okay, wait, I am from Texas. I should, <laughs> I should have done better than that. Damn it. But like, yeah. So this look, she's got a gingham top, bottom, and a headscarf, and gingham, and basic heels, and she looks so pedestrian. Maybe she is a drag chameleon, but this look is not right for this stage. You can still be country and be elevated. I mean, come on, you're performing Dolly Parton. She is a drag queen. Um, yeah, I have no comment. Yes, like again, yeehaw! I am from the land of the yee yee yee, and there, if you're gonna do Dolly Parton. I better see at minimum 15 wigs on your head. Like you, especially when Trixie walks in with this huge beaver tail on her head mm-hmm. and you just gotta, you gotta go above and beyond. And I know that it's TV and I know it's not fair. And I know that you don't walk into this having a quarter of a million dollars. Watch, I'll, I'll be on this show one day and I'll be like, <laughs> I just couldn't prepare. I didn't have enough money. And then like someone will pull this up and be like, plasma is so canceled. Um, but I just, I wasn't living those boys doing the line dancing. Now, come on now. I'll bring you back on home with me for Christmas, but. Oh yes. Oh yes. Yeah. Just, I, I was giving, I was getting not enough. I was trying to churn butter and all I have is wet cheese curds. So she's going to start off with the yodel. So I guess that's a reminder of what we love about her. Uh, then she's going to jump into 9 to 5. And again, very strange cut of the song. It was it was very odd. But um, yeah, as you said, what's the most welcome part of this performance of the Shirtless Cowboys? Like, I I have a cowboy fantasy. This was this is what I was wanting. Yeah. But I needed her to have more fun and energy. Her voice is not nearly as strong as the others. So she needed to bring a powerhouse vocal to compete. And this was just a gimmick. Um this was her first chance to give us a production number and it was not strong. See, this was, this was footloose in, in high school. Read my ass for this. I think her voice was perfect for this song. And, <laughs> and by, by that, I mean, she is not giving us working nine to five. Like she's not giving us any sort of huge over the top vocal technique opera training. She's not giving us her coloratura. She's giving us Dolly Parton raised on the side of a mountain on the back of a billy goat. And it's, it's for me, the, voc- the, the vocals work very well. Did I get a little bored? Yeah, because it was all the same Holy thing. Man. But I appreciate that her, well, here's the other thing is it's a singing competition. And so like when you walk in with not a strong voice Correct. and all you can do is Maria Von trap your way out of the first week, then, then that's, that's the problem. I personally, like if she recorded nine to five as an EP and if she wasn't problematic, then I would buy it or I would stream it's on it her on... YouTube. Oh, good. Then it's free. <laughs> then I don't have to support her, but like it's, it's, I don't know her, her, her vocal stylings on this did not bother me at all. They were a bit monotonous and mm-hmm. I, I don't think that she is long for this competition. If that's all she not can do at all. Um, are you able to yodel? 
Um, <laughs> I certainly have. I certainly have never tried. Fair. You know what? After all that ranting about jazz, I'm just gonna say no. I am from Texas, and I again, I am from the Yee Yee, but I am I'm from the 903, as we call it, Northeast Texas, literally between Texarkana and Dallas. So like, I am from the true yodeling country. But catch me dead. Catch me dead in um what's her name's dress in a coffin before you catch me yodeling that's fair god so, <laughs> the judges leona says they have amazing energy and amazing vocalists in the competition but although her vocal isn't as strong as some of the others she has a niche she looked like she was having fun so they had fun with her which is the you're doing great sweetie but you're out um, yeah I, Michelle, I once got an award i once got an award in high school debate called elimination round participant <laughs> That's what I, that's what I would give her for this one. Yeah, <laughs> Michelle says her issue in this is the song was done well and her pitch was fun, but it was kind of simple. Matant says that she knew coming in that she wasn't going to be uh, Beyonce, Mariah, or Celine. She wants to be Carrie, P Carrie, Katy Perry, a pop girl, not a queen diva. Michelle says she doesn't have to be, but she thinks about song choices when they compare vocals. Vanessa appreciates she did some choreography in the heels and she looks amazing. And Trixie says it didn't quite land. Um, she thought the performance was going to lead to something, but then it was over. Pitch Perfect off key. Where are you going? Uh, I'm gonna say if I can, I'm gonna I'm gonna use a 50-50 situation on this because I think she sounded for the material, I thought she fit very well. Yeah. For the performance as a whole, no. The audience, 16%, pitch perfect, 84% off key. They were not a fan. Um, Oof. <laughs> again, I'm going with you. So I'm going to give her an eight because she didn't do anything bad. But last week was 10 times better. Yeah. Also, also, we just have to call attention to the fact that she goes, I don't want to be a supreme pop diva. I just want to be like Katy Perry. And I'm like, where is your giant animatronic lion parading into the Super Bowl? Yeah. But you're not a supreme pop diva, my ass. He had a uh, horse with rainbow mane. That was as close as Katy Perry she's going to get. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> All right, bumper count number five. Moving on to Rani Kohinoor. Uh, for this performance, she is paying tribute to her mom and the vocal trinity of the 90s, Celine Dion, Whitney Houston, and Mariah Carey. She is going to amalgamate all of those powers. Her mom was a diva inspiration. She saw her mom being a badass and challenging norms. She was a living inspiration. She says that she was an Indian bride with really long hair, but then she told her father she was cutting it off after she lived his fantasy of an Indian bride on the wedding. So what she did next, she got a bob. If her parents didn't accept her, she'd be on the streets. They are in her heart always. All right, her look is by Gurav Gupta. Accessories by The Source, Nails by Empress Nails, and Umika's Nails and More. I'm not sure if this was a cultural look or just a fierce costume, but I lived. The purple is such a sensational color. The shoulders and the headpiece kind of look like a, like a gift bow that you want to unwrap. She has completely changed her look from the first time. And I think that it's kind of cool. This was drag. This is absolutely why we are subscribing to Paramount plus, or in my case, stealing it from other people to watch this show. Like this is drag. This is cultural appreciation and devotion. This is fashion, but is mm -hmm. it fashion? It's fashion. She's 
I will say, girl, we got to get you in front of a mirror for this makeup. Like, we we'll get in we'll get into it, yeah. But like, this this look is unbelievable. It's beautiful. The slit in the leg is so fashion with the pleating that goes over the slit. It's with mm-hmm. the the fringe. It's just so well executed, and she has the key of the WAP. She has the performance because she mm-hmm. stood there and let her designers work for her. Absolutely. Which is an inc- it's an incredibly smart thing to do. She looks b- unbelievable. And then of course, I was like, oh girl, but she's not wearing a wig. And then she was. Yes, she was. She, she fully revealed her from her stunning headpiece that I never wanted her to take off. She took it off and she was wearing the wig as a tribute to her mother defying social norms in India. Like this oh, yeah. is brilliant. This was so thought out. Like th- this was the look that made me question why there is not, why there are no tops and bottoms of the week. Like sh- th- this would, mm-hmm. this would be a top for me. Yep. Yeah. So she has chosen my heart will go on. That is a very big song. I was worried when she started because she started off in such a high key that I was like, I know where this journey goes. Are we going to get there? Or are you going to hit that high note? Mm-hmm. It was very breathy to start, which I think is inherent in her voice. But again, another strange cut, strange cut of the song because it's like, you missed the part that actually helps her build, but fine. <laughs> when she got to yeah, the bigger like- notes, it, she nailed it. She was great. I wish there was a little more to the performance, but this was a deserved park and bark. I 100% agree. I mean, it, it, you know, there's not much you can do other than stand on a boat that's sinking itself into the Atlantic on in, you know, April of 1912. But she, I, I, I was shocked with her vocal yeah. consistency. And like, this is when I, I would root for the mixed ping belt of like, there's not like that, that, yeah. well, that didn't sound great anyway. But like, she, she gave that full, like Michelle, I think it was Michelle talking about her her chesty head falsetto mm-hmm. mix, which is so, I don't have it. So I envy the hell out of it. And she, it was effortless. And yeah. again, I, I'm with you. I was concerned at first, but I've also, I've, I've watched Celine talk in interviews about how this song is so particularly hard because you do have to start in the like, every night, like that 90s super diva mm-hmm. breathy start and then belt your way to the fucking heavens. Like, I thought she nailed it. I thought that she absolutely crushed it from the look to the voice, to the parking and barking. I, yeah. It's Leona says the song is huge and Selena's a powerhouse. So to take it was a such big risk. She looks like a goddess sing on the, singing on the steps of the Titanic. Rani says that this time she wanted to show them that she might not be versatile in bed, but her voice is... She's funny. I like her. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Vanessa says that she gave them versatility. She showed them range and hit every note, and she was really stunning. Michelle says she has a chest falsetto, and it got a little thin because she wasn't opening up enough. She wants everyone to take into consideration that this is a drag queen who was singing fully corseted and tucked and hitting those notes. And Trixie asks if it is a wig, and it is a wig. She takes off her headpiece to show the bob, and Michelle's like, she turned into Liza Minnelli. Okay, uh-huh. funny. Yeah. Ronnie says this is how her mom used to wear her hair, and this song was her mom's favorite song. She used the, the, the she used was a lot. Is her mom dead? Do we get there in the narrative yet? I have no idea. Um, 
I don't think we've gotten there in the narrative. I, I, my, my, I thought about this. I think the instinct I would have is, or my instincts lead me to believe that she is not dead because I feel like because it is reality TV, we would have made right. a big moment out of it. Like they would, the production would have asked her to divulge more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, also when, when Michelle was like a drag queen was fully corseted and tucked and blah, blah, blah. My first thought was literally like, girl, she's in a gown. I hope she's not tucked. She shouldn't tuck in this. Exactly. I know. I was like, okay, Michelle. Well, yeah. are you going pitch perfect or are you going to go off key here? I am going pitch motherfucking perfect. The audience, 97% pitch perfect, 3% off key. Good for you, bitch. You deserve all 97% of that. Because there were a couple, for me, I was was not super pressed. I want a little more for the performance aspect. But, so I gave it an 8.5. Still very high for the night, but 8.5. And she's going to, we're going to get bumper count number six. Moving on to Miss Eight of Ox. Oh, bitch, here we go. The song she has chosen is a true bad bitch of the past, Nina Simone. She sang about things that need to be addressed, oppression and racism, and she did it in such an intelligent way through her music. She says she will never be Miss Nina, but she can capture the essence. She says the competition is more than just singing. She tells the girls that the judges told her her titties were wonky. She plans on stepping up and putting a spell on everybody and possibly a levitation spell for her titties. Now, I'm not sure if you know, but Miss Ada Box was on American Idol as the first drag queen contestant, and I still want redemption for this bitch. Um, she looks sensational. Like, she is the new Supreme. Mm. I love her in black with just the right amount of sparkle and those draped capelet arms. Oh, my God. Boss move. The hair is high and tight. The body is right. And um, she has a cane, so go off, sis. Literally? Yeah, like this is okay. So I I started doing drag in Oklahoma in college at OU Boomer Sooner, um, and this is what the girl. This is what I imagine the girls in Oklahoma City want to look like. Yeah, and all, all of my love to every single performer. Well, most every single performer in the Oklahoma City drag scene. I love you. I miss you. You will never look like this. <laughs> like this is. This is drag, bitch. I, the only thing I am saying as like, not even a critique, but just like a concept going forward. If she were going to, if she was going to do a silhouette like this again, I want to see it in a different color so I can see, I can see more of her body. Absolutely. Like, give me a deep aubergine purple. Give me a deep crimson red, or even like, just give me some sort of color to match all of the iridescence of all of that like you said, the just right amount of stoning. Yep. Like this is a drag collar necklace. These are drag earrings. The 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 decolletage, this like neckline caked in these stones. And then with that little bit of like the peeping down of the stones mm-hmm. to accentuate the bust. It's just like, it's somehow as if she predicted that they would give her a note on her wonky titties. And so she was yeah. like, oh, you want titties? Here is my open keyhole with all of my sparkly, <laughs> million dollar breasts come get your milk kids like she looks so good so she's gonna be singing i put a spell on you and she put a spell on me with her voice and her golden boys like literally they were painted gold i don't know when they had time to be painted gold but they were gold i was thinking Um, the same thing when did that happen (laughs) uh, i was i think this was a very smart song picking a song that allowed 
her to still deliver her signature sound, but also let her play in that lower register and make that boom because she can make that room resonate. Like you're, there's going to be vibration when she sings. Um, but she delivered this elegant camp with those lower notes and showcased just how brilliant another park and bar can be. Um, and then she saved that glory note for the end. I was like, deserved the second standing ovation in two performances. Literally, this is how you sing that era of music. Mm-hmm. This is how you, you want to talk about a smoky, raspy, like beginning and then you bring out just a little bit of growl and you bring out some some contemporization like I don't mind the riffing so much because it is Nina Simone and Nina was nothing like she was not the dainty delicate Doris Day you know um Natalie Wood kind of woman she had something to say and this is how you sing from the soul and keep that true that true ability to pay homage to that period of music and that period of time and the sound she just sounds like she came straight out of rca victor recording studios yep like i would i would have bought her record Mm -hmm. I, i i think that she's she's brilliant i love her yep yep Leona wants to throw something at her because she's so good. She has so much command that she doesn't have to run around the stage and do anything crazy. Vanessa says, Vanessa says to sing. Trixie says there are people painted gold who just stood there. That's what drag queens deserve. She says she looks gorgeous and her boobs are high and her voice is higher. Michelle says that she seems like the consummate professional, but she tells her not to forget the crunchy bits and find out who she is. So I was like, Oh, so we're really grasping at straws in your critiques here, but okay, fine. Literally, the, the producers walked up to Michelle at a break and they were like, Michelle, you still got to be a bitch though. Yeah. Like, you still got to give us Michelle Visage. And she was like, what do you mean? And Yeah, okay. So can I also just say like, Ada, not Ada, Ava, Ada. Ada Vox. Y'all, I suck at names. This is not because I wasn't paying attention. Obviously, I have plenty of notes, but like, this is what, the perfect marriage of what I did like about Grad Queen's performance and what I did like about Leona's performance. Like Leona gave us this stunning silhouette with a classic sound on a classic, well, her song choice was wrong. With Greg and Leona, I thought that both of their song choices were wrong for who, for what what they sell, what they give. But Greg gave us a sort of sensuality and a sort of ability to sell the mood and that that mystery and that aura, which like I disagree with the vocal approach, but I do say like the sensuality was not lost on me. Right. There you go, Greg. I still do appreciate you and I can name why now. Um, and Leona gave us the whole mood and the glamour, but she didn't move anywhere and her voice didn't fit ABBA. What Ada has done is it, it's as if, again, she got the crystal ball in her production package before she flew off to the UK as well. And she looked in it and saw these two girls performing and was like, okay, what do I need to do? I need a long black slinky floor length gown. Mm-hmm. I need to sit and make these men absolutely work way too hard so I can sit on my luxurious ass and belt. 
And mm -hmm. then she got up with her cane and walked. And you still remember, cause like I was looking at these gold men and I was like, I think those are props. Like I think those are statues. Cause I don't think the, I don't think the men had time to get painted gold. And then she gets up and I'm like, oh, she was sitting. Oh fuck. And then she grabs the cane and she goes for a walk. It is slow yep. and it is sultry and she saunters and she takes her whole ass moment. This is how you capture the essence of a full performance. I thought I it, agree. yeah. I think in every way, yeah. Oh, I'm going off now, here we go. <laughs> Pitch perfect, off key. Pitch perfect, Anna Kendrick, pitch perfect. 91% pitch perfect, 9% off key. I'm going with the 9.5 because I did think last week's better and I can't be super biased and give her 10s every single week. So 9.5 this week. Okay, that's fair. I, I would like to hear her sing something with a tempo greater than 40 next week. Fair, that's fair, that's fair. Um, yeah. you, Queen of the Universe bumper count number seven. Moving on to Ginzilla. Since the six girls have gone, the competition feels real. She tells the girls that she's been on X Factor and America's Got Talent, but this is so completely different. She says drag is a powerful tool and she's competing against the best from around the world. She's usually the only one and feels nice to be the bearded queen amongst them. The song she's choosing for Turn Back Time represents her journey to self-love and self-acceptance. She has everything that it takes to win the competition, including a big, beautiful, beating heart. She's going to channel all her energy and leave it on the stage. So this look is by Misty Couture and Tina, the German gender queering designer. Um, this is by far the certainly the most drag we've seen on the show so far. She's dressed like a blue butterfly. She's got a crown of blue butterflies. There are even butterflies on her nails. I love that she's sparkling all over, including her beard. It's campy, but still looks very pretty. That being said, I understand how the song and look represent her journey, but I'm like, okay, is this a little bit too on the nose here? <laughs> yeah. We're a little bit on the nose. It's a little bit on the nose. And also, like, I wish that you had actually brought your own wings. I know that that's right? like an insane Courtney Act request. I know. But, like, I'm couching in love. Spoiler alert, she lives in London. She could have done it. Oh, bitch, you could have literally just brought them in a radio flyer from your house. Okay, no. wait, I take it back. No excuses. Um, Representing Australia, but she lives in London. Okay, okay, literally, literally, ugh. ugh. Okay, well, now I'm upset. Okay, and also, another disclaimer, I am sitting luxuriously on my ass looking at all these hardworking entertainers just nitpicking, picking, mm -hmm. as my father would say, the fly shit out of the pepper. So, like, these are the tiny, teeny, tiny little Absolutely. things. I do not appreciate a tool cape unless it is 50 ply. Sure. Like one of my all time style icons from Drag Race, Valentina, in her reunion look, she wears this beautiful form fitting like 50s Givenchy inspired gown. And she has a tool train and it is like one sheet of tool with appliques and but or like florals or something. And I'm like, do you understand that you look like you walked out of a Hobby Lobby and it's the equivalent of like getting toilet paper stuck on your boot? Yeah. Like, I just want more. It's drag. I want more or I want a full ass cape or like some sort of structured garment that you can whip around as your butterfly wings to give you something to mm -hmm. do with your arms, which obviously Miss Thing, you could have used. Yeah. Like, 
anyway, anyway, you were speaking. Well, she's taking on Cher's Believe, and if you didn't know this was a drag show, you do now. Uh, <laughs> it is hard to hear a ballad version of the song and not think of the perfection that was Adam Lambert's version. Um, so I'm glad it did speed up a little, a little bit. Otherwise, I would have been like, no, it was terrible. Um, I found this serviceable at best. I will say it's refreshing to hear the baritone in this competition, but I've heard better. And I honestly, we missed the opportunity to see her actually fly. If we're going Eurovision, get off that ground. But, but fly, bitch. Literally, yeah. Yeah. And the higher notes did have a few pitch problems, but the emotions, they're there. Not an excuse every time, but I understand why we're getting a little pitchy up there. She's much more comfortable down below. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I, I think you've said it all. I think that I think that the song, I don't know. I just like, also, if you're going to sing Cher, but you're going to sing auto-tune Cher, what era of Cher are you going to give us with your look? Because right now I'm getting Sunny and Cher. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I love, I lo- okay, first of all, I love the hair, this hair with the beard. And I love the butterfly crown. Mm-hmm. I've said my piece about tool capes. The white socks can burn in hell. The rest of it, I I like. Yeah. I I think that it's. I just her voice, with this, it wasn't giving me share vocals, and I need like effortless pop diva, and I I need you to not be afraid to fall off of a note. Yeah. Like I I need I need to not feel any sort of intimidation with that vocal style from this Absolutely. if you're gonna go full share camp i'm not like i would love to hear like no matter how hard i try like give us an impression exactly give us share if you're gonna give a share give a share bitch like i go agree all the way because again with this is a drag singing competition drag and and, and Ginzilla are inherently campy. You could have gone campy and still given a powerful emotional performance. Yeah. Oh my God. And we're also, okay. We're also worshiping at the altar of the Mecca of drag, Bob Mackie. Right. So like you're giving us a one ply tool cape, white socks and, and the bodysuit, which is fine. But if you're going to give us if you're gonna give us share show share, you better have Bob Mackie. And if you're yep. gonna give us share at all, you better have more share than just long hair and a, and a a '70s crown of whatever is on it. Yep. it, it yeah. Well, the Trixie more I loves the- Trixie loves the look. She loves bearded queens, and she loves that she loaded that sucker up with pigment and glitter. It completes the fantasy for her. Leona says she loves every detail of her uh, is thought out from her soul. She says when she first started, it was off here and there, but she is here for artists who connect to the meaning of a song and embody the meaning of a song. Trixie is going to then say uh, it is a sad song. When you look at the lyrics and ask her what she was feeling when she was singing, Janzilla says the song is the about the amount of time she's had to pick herself off the floor when she didn't believe, but now she found this beautiful burning light inside that she wants to shine everywhere and she can go. I okay, understand I'm sorry. For, for everyone who grew up in the church of Jesus Christ, 
this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, is wondering where its royalties are. That caption was cheesy as hell. (laughs) Again, I know we're filming television, television, but like we, girl, I was bothered. I just, I have no time for any of the pageant answers. That's probably why I've never done a pageant in my life because I would lose triumphantly. But like, I'm sorry, the answer bothered me. I think that she is very nice and she doesn't bother me typically. Like she doesn't, what she says is not bothersome. But that answer was bullshit. I just, I didn't like it. Yeah, anyway. Well, Vanessa calls her authentic and loves uh, her for that. And Michelle loves that she does and loves who she is. Remember, she is perfect just the way she is. Blah, 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 blah. Pitch perfect or off key, where are you going? I'm going off key. I love you, sis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a 7.5 for me, but the audience, 32% pitch perfect, 68% off key. We're going to get our eighth queen of the universe bumper count. Keep drinking, friends. And finally, <laughs> Graham reveals that there is one more twist and turns it over to Vanessa to reveal that Lavoie is being brought back. Shocker Love to zero Lavoie! people. Yeah, literally. Turn back time because she's back. She was humiliated <laughs> and mortified when she thought it was all over, but she's taken all the comments from the judges on board and throwing everything at it. She is going to blow the roof off of the studio. She has been eliminated once, so she's going to be el- she's not going to be eliminated again. She's going to bring her A game and going for the crown and going for the money. Don't know who made her look because she has no designers listed, but she is camp. This is drag. I love the blue and magenta feathers. It is so stupid. She has got her signature red hair. It is true to her. Did I want her to come out with like car wash fringe on her costume? Yes. Did she? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Did she come out dressed as a sham wow? Yes. And yes. what do we say? Sham wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. She picks car wash. And let's be real. This is not a song about strong vocals, but this is a song about serving her performance. And for that, I think she did for the most part. This song is literally about having a good ass time and rubbing your butt up against somebody else's vehicle for a school fundraiser. This is, yes. and she gave us that. She gave us, I'm just happy to be here. Like, fuck, uh, fuck the $250,000. I'm just happy to be back on the stage. And she was giving us joy and exuberance. And it, it's exactly what the judges said. Like, mm-hmm. you can just tell that she is happy to be there. And I thought that she was, I mean, I will, I will say like first episode, I was not impressed. And I was like, I get that she's a legend. I get that she's a diva. But like, there's also a reason why Lady Bunny's never competed on Drag Race. Like, when you already are a legend, there's just oh. no need. And I was sort of getting that from her. But this gave me like, if we're going in voting terms of WAP, which I don't necessarily think the judges are as of right now, if we're going by the true layman's terms of the WAP, I can't believe I just said that. She is giving us every single morsel of the criteria we have asked for. She's giving us performer. Even when she was like, uh, like, I know the singer to you, not like all of those, like almost like Whitney isms, like the audience yeah. interaction. I was living, I was like, this girl belongs on a stage. She belongs in a nightclub. She belongs in Priscilla, queen of the desert. And this is why her generation of drag is still so fucking epic. It's because of performances totally. like this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I loved it. So whoever was directing this uh, performance deserves an Emmy because she's walking. And she's got some boys. Then all of a sudden she takes a step and this boy appears. 
Um, I was very distracted by my future ex-boyfriend. The shirtless muscle swing caught my eye. Uh, he was tagged in a photo that was shared by Lavoie, and I have now officially found out his name is Charlie Goddard. Um, I have followed him. I have not slid into his DMs yet, but give me a little courage, and I just might. So there, there's there's my handsome boy right there. Oh, my God, he was beautiful. I was like, I can't look away. Yeah, He's- you know, at, at the University of Oklahoma, the Health Sciences Center, no, 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 the Student Health Center is called the Charles Goddard Health Center. And, Mama, let me just tell you, I'm glad I was getting tested at a place called Goddard because this is this is good for my health. Yeah, this he beautiful, beautiful boy. Her performance, <laughs> the vocals were fine. Performance was incredible. This is a strong performer who really knows how to get the audience on her side. She is comfortable on a stage and putting on a production, which some of the other girls are just not quite there yet. So that's why she does have a slight advantage in the competition. She may not have been doing the moves with the boys and the girls, but she was out there to lead them. And that is what a drag queen should do in a performance. If you're not a dancer and you can't do those big, like crazy moves, you have to still be there leading. And she was there center stage. And um, yeah, she is someone I want to go see. She's performed on Britain's Got Talent. She did very well on that show. And she's now back in her wheelhouse. She's giving you the production and I'm here for it. Yeah. And also what Trixie said about her shading and like matching the tones to her arms and chest and face and legs is so right when she said that. And then they gave the full body pan of her. Yeah. She is, she may have, may as well have gone to Home Depot and gotten a paint swatch and like (laughs) held it up to every part of her body. Like (laughs) this, this is a, a masterclass in what drag proportioning and scheming for costumes and for colorization and for it's just it's very very excellent well graham asks what it's like being back and she's like she's glad to be there michelle says she represents british drag and wants to remind her that she's on tv she says that there she has a club sense and a theater sense about her but she has transcend into television as well leona says she's a board entertainer and she would pay to see her at the theater Vanessa says that she brought camp and made them dance along and smile and move. And that's what they knew she could bring. Trixie says something happens to a drag queen. When the worst case scenario happens, you go that go with what happened now. And then you have a second chance. She's not as scared. I'm already on borrowed time. She says it's almost spooky how much the arms and legs match the face. She's like a Muppet. And Lavoie says she moves all around her own. There's no hand underneath. And Trixie will say that it could be arranged. And there is our fisting joke of the episode. Yeah, wasn't a fan, but also um, go off slash get mm-hmm. out. Yeah, um, listen, we, we're not here to kink shame. If you're enjoying fisting, friends, go for it. Not for me. That's tea. But, that's tea. That's tea. That's tea. If, if you're into that sort of thing, I award you a purple heart. But I, nope. I simply will mm-hmm. never see you on that battlefield, mama. Nope. Uh, pitch perfect or off key? Where are you going? Pitch perfect. The audience, 59% pitch perfect, 41% off key. I'm giving it an eight. Uh, I want a stronger vocal from her. uh, So maybe we need a song that's a little more um, slower, I guess. Maybe we need a little more of a ballad. Um, I still think she picked the wrong Shirley Bassey song last week. I want a My Life. That's what I wanted. Oh, yeah. Or like Goldfinger or like something so dramatic it hurts. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Well, we're getting bumper count number nine and it's time to reveal the audience scoreboard and my scoreboard this week we're going to go with the audience scoreboard first so in ninth place we had matanta alex at 16 percent eighth place Regina voce at 27 percent 
Seventh, Ginzilla, 32%. Sixth, Leona Winter at 50%. Lavoie at 59%. Fourth place, Aria B. Cassidine, 69%. Third place, Grad Queen, 81%. Our top two, Ada Vox at 91%, with number one being Rani Kohenor at 97%. So I am doing this thing where I'm giving like a power ranking from week to week where I'm combining the totals. So right now, clearly Ada Vox is winning for me. She's got a 19.5. Behind her, because Leona had a 10 for me last week, she's at second at 18. Aria at 17.5 with Rani Kohenor at 17. We got a three-way tie between Regina Matant and Greg at 16.5. Lavoie at 16 with my lowest being Ginzilla. So if I were going based on my power rankings, I would be eliminating Ginzilla. But Graham is going to tell the studio audience to vote for their favorite. The bottom three will be in the hands of the Pop Diva panel. So, haha, we didn't explain that at the beginning, but you're not eliminating the Queen's audience. We are, haha. Yeah. I'm here for that, though. It's how we save people and, and people like Matanto just to squeak their way through. But Graham's going to well, go forward. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, with um, Leona being so well-liked by the audience, or at least more well-liked than at more than three people. Why was she in the bottom three? I don't understand. No idea. So Graham's going to call forward the safe queens. In no particular order, we have Lavoie, Grag Queen, Arya B. Cassidyne, Edivox, Rani Kohenor, and Ginzilla. Leaving Rahina Voce, Leona Winter, and Matant Alex at the bottom three. They're going to head to the Pop TV panel to decide which two will move forward. And the queen leaving is... To be continued. Really? Really? Why? Why? Because we're gonna watch anyway. They've already brought someone back. They've already had an emotional return. They're already giving us the the to be continued. I'm just like, when are we gonna bring back like, oh girl, you got she male? Like right. how how soon is it gonna turn into like the drag race level of buffoonery? Yep. Well. We're going to get one more Queen of the Universe bumper count. We get 10 total for this week. So 10 shots, not too bad. I think we had like 18 last week. So that would be oh, death. Um, I got some burning questions to wrap up this podcast. Are you ready? Yes, let's go. Who's going to be cut? Which of those three? Oh, Matant. I, think I agree. It's, Matant. it's yeah. very, very simple there. Um, who are you most disappointed from not being in this top nine? Was there anybody? Uh, just is it because... Jujubee? <laughs> okay, okay, yes. Because I, I am obsessed with Jujubee. But also, I mean, like, in terms of vocality, th- is that a word? In terms <laughs> of... Yeah, sure. In terms of the vocals, like, totally understandable. Jujubee, you're a star and a legend for all of the other reasons that we already love you. Like, sachet girl, go off. Um, not re- I mean, like, because I'm biased and because I'm a New York girl, I would have liked to see Madame Broadway stay. But I also understand, like, you can't get on a world stage and sing Wicked, and then you have girls over here singing, you have Yodeling, and you have Edith Piaf, and you have, like, you're just, you have Ada Vox, period. That's just not going to fly. So honestly, like, no. Honestly, this is, these are the the nine or eight that I would have liked for keep. me, I, I'm, I'm, I do miss Betty Bishlap because I love glam rock. Glam rock <gasps> is my fantasy. Oh, okay, um, wait, yeah, I take it back for her. Because I love Adam Lambert, I love Jake Shears, I love Mika. That's my music. So I was bummed to see Betty Bishlap leave, but I, it's okay. 
I ask this on every podcast. After three episodes, the winner of the season is Ada Vox. Hi. I agree. There's just no question. This show was made for her. Like literally, it was made for her. If she doesn't win, I, I will riot. Yeah, like it's the it's sort of I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but like this show is is engineered for Laguna Blue to be a champion. Girl. Why she's not on the show, we still don't know. I listen. Novazar is Empress of the uh, of the Galaxy, so it fits with the theme of the show. But Laguna should have gotten call number one. I don't fucking care what anyone says. Literally, I'm blue. Daba dee, daba die. Why is Laguna Blue not on this motherfucking show? Like the the thing season is, two, it is, season fifteen. I don't know one of those. Season two hosting after Trixie gets bored. Hosting after Vanessa can't walk the runway anymore. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> but um, it, it's just like uh, when when you have Juju singing Ariana, and then I'm like, I have heard Laguna Blue d- call the fire department on Playhouse Bar singing Ariana Grande. It's just not holy. It is not of God, not a Christian. It's dark-sided stuff. And I need Laguna Blue. Like, if Laguna was on this season, then I wouldn't know who would win. But because Ada is there pretty much uncontested, no offense to anyone else competing. I, I think that maybe is... why, I think that's maybe why she wasn't on. Laguna? Because, like, you know, the rumors fly. But I'm sure Laguna got some sort of request oh, to boy, submit absolutely. for this. Like, New York is a small town girl. We hear things. I, I, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and lay claim that I invented this rumor. I'm going to start a rumor. Laguna got a call. No, but like Laguna Blue yeah. should be on this show. And if not Laguna, Rosé or Jan. Like if, if we're not going to play by you've done Drag Race, you've had your fame rules, then bring back Rosé, bring back Jan. Why not even Blair St. Clair? Blair St. Clair. I just, I simply, I, I don't know. I'm still, it's, it's still a shock to me. It's fine. Yeah. Jinx, Jinx monster sure. who can, who can wail, like bring back these girls who can. I agree. Yeah. Juju, I think is wonderful. And I think that they wanted a classic drag race hook. And I think mm-hmm. Juju is fantastic and a great singer, but, uh, but, like, I think I'm a good singer. I don't know if I would last a single day on this show. Because these these are just, these are world-renowned now oh. singers. I, I I need Laguna Blue to, to destroy these ladies. And, yep. like, I think that there are a lot of fantastic competitors. I think it's eight of Oxes to lose. Like, I, I, I just think it's, it's in the bag. Ho, ho, ho. Well, where can we find you on social media, Venmo, and any projects coming up? I am at Plasma LaRose, P-L-A-S-M-A-L-A-R-O-S-E on all platforms. Um, I'm not on Twitter and I'm not on TikTok, even though everyone, including my mother, has now started destroying my credibilities by saying that that's the only way to market myself to be on TikTok. So look out for me on TikTok coming very soon. 2022. Um, 2022. I'm primarily on Instagram and Venmo, LOL. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) <laughs> well, it was such a pleasure having you on. You are brilliant, very funny. You're come back anytime you want. Oh, thank you. I know we ran way over. I am a talker. <laughs> hey, I'm here for it. Listen, I if, if I 
if, if it's a bad guess and it goes under half hour, you know it's a bad episode. So this is a good sign for me. I'm here for it. Okay, great. <laughs> well, thank you for being here. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. This is a blast. I will come back anytime you ask me and I will be on time. Fuck the MTA. The biggest thanks to Plasma for coming on. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and leave us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theothernow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Block Talk.